Mommy tries to grab Daddy's gun, but Fool gets to it sooner. He throws the gun down an opening in the chimney that leads all the way to the basement level. Then he takes some inspiration from the Three Stooges and shoves his finger. Shoves. Shoveth. Shoveth. <laughs> Oh gosh, I'm so tired. I feel you. Uh, I'm Jenna. And I'm Khadija. Welcome to the Ghouls and Galdem podcast. We've created this space for fans of the horror noir film genre that crave nuanced representation and commentary. From the perspectives of Black women, Black storytellers, and Black horror fans who geek out and freak out (laughs) over anything that gets us gooped and spooked. Well then, after quite some time, welcome back everyone to another episode of the Ghouls and Galdem podcast. Mm-hmm. Check our episode description for content and trigger warnings if your head or your heart requires that information. And of course, there will be many, many, many spoilers ahead. And this week, we're taking a peek at the people under the stairs. Ooh, a Wes Craven mm-hmm. classic. A horror comedy. An examination of white terror and gentrification. The story of the people under the stairs starts with the tarot reading. It's Point Dexter's 13th birthday, and his sister Ruby is reading his cards. Point Dexter is played by the adorable and talented Brandon Quinton Adams. Mm, and his sister Ruby is played by Kelly Jo Minter, who was all over the damn scene in the 80s. Yeah, you might recognize her from, I don't know, House Party, mm. New Jack City, mm. The Lost Boys. You know, those to name small a few. titles. Girl was on fire. <laughs> so Big Sis Ruby is giving Poindexter a spiritual reading. Yes, and the reading is showing Poindexter's transformation from a boy into a man. Ooh, that's what we call foreshadowing of the hero's journey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Poindexter is in for quite the journey because Ruby pulls out the following cards and state. Okay, so we got judgment. Ooh. Death. I. Nine of swords. Ouch. Followed by the devil. That's hot. And finally, the fool card. Oh, and it's so cute that they pull the fool card because that's Ruby's pet name for Poindexter. You know, Poindexter. I know. It's actually quite. Ever since this movie, it's been my favorite tarot card just because like I just it's adorable. I digress. It's super cute. Right. But fool starts chirping about this card because he's not seeing the value in it. But Ruby explains to him that the fool has choices that he could choose to go off the cliff or he could turn around and walk the other way you know like know when to hold them know no when, when to hold them, them. <laughs> <You know? laughs> lessons life lessons well fool protests not wanting to face the harsh realities of life you know having to choose between walking over the proverbial ledge walking the other way or flying into the sun saying he doesn't want to get burnt up Yo, but then Ruby lays some sage wisdom on him, saying that only the boy part of the man will get burnt up. Mm-hmm. Happy thirteenth, my dude. When the cards read you, cheese. <laughs> 
It's late. Fool is still awake and reading. We can hear whispers throughout the tiny apartment that Fool shares with his sick mother, his sister Ruby, and her kids. And through a half-open door, we see Ruby and Fool's mother talking about their situation with the landlord. And it doesn't seem good, y'all. Ruby sees Fool listening and shoos him away before she shuts the door. Go back to reading your book. There's nothing you can do. She's got this, like, really sexy, raspy voice. Like, yeah, no. <laughs> it, it adds character. We really appreciate it. Sultriness. Sultriness. <laughs> <laughs> and now Ving Rames has made his entrance. Uh, My God. Yeah. You see that hat? You see his whole outfit? Little like, beanie? Mm. Yo. Ooh, the African print on denim. Yo. It, oh, I love I I love I love black people. I love being black. Uh, wait, I retract oh. that. It's not a beanie. What's it called? Uh, the only thing I know is that every black man had a leather one. It's a fe- It's like a fez. There's a name for it. I can't. I can't. I, there's a name for it. I can't remember what it is. I recant. I recant. <laughs> I recant. I recant. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing about Ving Rhames is that, like, we don't know if Leroy is Ruby's, like, friend... Like, kind of like a part-time lover, part-time boo thing kind of thing. Or if they're, like, friends' friends. Like, platonic friends. Either way, Ruby has been trying to shelter her little brother from the reality of their situation. You know, poverty. But then her friend, Leroy, opens his big mouth to tell Fool that he and his mom and his sister are being evicted. Oh, and the situation is not good. They're three days late on the rent, which means they got to bounce according to the finest and finest of print in the lease. Yo, that shit is cold. Yo, cold blooded. (laughs) These people have until midnight the next day to pay what they owe or else they got to bounce or pay triple the rent in order to stay. Yo, these landlords be wildin'. Right? And it's not even like they're living in a nice spot either. That place is dingy looking. So we leave Fool and his family and cut to these creepy white people talking about forcing people out of their homes. They live in what looks like the dustiest Victorian house you've (laughs) ever seen. Okay, so this big lurch-looking dude is eating, I don't know, some kind of animal meat by the fireplace. What looks like a little teenage girl is serving him milk. Dude kind of growls at her, and uh, we can tell that these people are um, a special kind of breed. And then we see this hard ghoul woman hand-sewing this dress for the little girl, and she starts talking about their real estate plans. I just want to point out that these aren't your average gentrifiers. Oh, no, 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 no. It's Everett McGill and Wendy Roby. Oh, yeah. The two of them played a creepy couple in Twin Peaks as well. Ah, uh, yeah. And I also, I think I remember seeing her in Vampire in Brooklyn. Oh, yo. And the Dentist sequel. That's a really good movie. Lot, ooh, so good. But let's get back to Everett, though. Like... <laughs> Bruh, silver bullet. So good. He's like a priest and it's a whole thing. Like, wow. 
Like, I'm sorry. I can't. Lurch, it's a vibe. I can't. Woof. Like, okay, but I don't, but I don't, but I don't want to spoil, like, the movie for anybody who hasn't seen Silver Bullet, but oh my God, spank me, daddy. Okay. I got that all out. I'm done. Are you sure? Honestly, never, but... Yes. Okay. For now. All right. Moving on. <laughs> well, you'll get you a cold towel or something. All right. So, as it turns out, the ghoul squad in this house here are the ones buying up the properties in the ghetto and replacing them with condos. Typical. Mm. They're talking about their plans for the Lennox building, which is where Fool and his family live. They're practically salivating over their shameless gentrification. These people are 100% on that Scrooge McDuck tip. (laughs) Like, they're talking about how they want clean people in the area and how much they love like they love money like yeah they love it so the little girl asks about what happens when the people in the ghetto lose their homes and the hard woman shuts her down i don't believe that i was speaking to you speak when spoken to that's what good girls do that's my best wendy roby you'll be hearing more from her later in the episode (laughs) Oh, yeah, because, like, she's a hoot. <laughs> she's a hoot. <laughs> oh, man. Cut to Fool running down the street with a parcel. It's lively, and we kind of get a sense of the community that he lives in is overpopulated and deep, deep in poverty. Fool runs into his building, and it is run down to fuck. Like, this bitch is damn near condemned. There are people all mashed up in the hallways, shooting up, drinking up, puking up mm, yeah man like the scene paints a pretty vivid picture of poverty mm-hmm. homelessness and just like straight up addiction it's really sad to see especially after finding out who the slum lords are that basically own mm-hmm. this whole neighborhood oh and full is running up the stairs and he runs into some street dogs fighting over some rancid meat like right outside the door Yo, street dogs this kid Dingo dogs. actual concrete jungle Straight up fucking Jumanji, dog. (laughs) (laughs) Life or death every single day. Oh, my God. Class disparity is so real. Okay, so Fool gets let into the apartment by one of Ruby's little children. We overhear Ruby and Leroy talking about Fool as he walks through the apartment. Leroy is trying to get Fool into the hustle game, but Ruby is convinced that Fool isn't sorted out for that kind of work and that he's a really good kid, you know? Leroy's trying to reason with Ruby. He brings up the fact that there used to be seven children in Ruby and Fool's family, but now three are dead, one's a crack addict, and their brother Washington, well, he's in jail. So with Ruby Mm. also turning tricks, what other fate could there possibly be for Fool than a life of crime? I know. And like, (gasps) Leroy's, right? You're like, that's the only option. Please, no, I don't. Leroy sympathizes that Ruby's brother Washington was doing nothing but trying to put money on the table. And that's simply what he's trying to teach Fool how to do. Ruby tells Leroy that Fool wants to be a doctor when he grows up. And he laughs at her. How are you going to go to medical school without any money, Ruby? Mm, and Fool finally comments on the idea of becoming a stick-up man and says, it's not right anyway. See, I knew that little boy's moral compass was right. Wow. 
then Leroy pulls some fucked up shit. He chooses this very moment to tell Fool about his mother's cancer. He reveals that it would be a simple operation to get rid of it, but obviously they don't got any money. My guy, is this a guilt trip? Yes! <laughs> He's trying to lure Fool into a life of crime by guilting him into thinking it's the only way of saving his mom from dying. Something tells me that there are some ulterior motives here. Leroy turns the attention back to the landlords, who don't care about the neighborhood or the families that live there, saying that they just want to bring in the wrecking ball so they can line their pockets, which means that they deserved to be robbed. Okay, I'm not saying he's right, but I'm also not saying he's wrong. Eat the rich. (laughs) Eat the rich. Eat the rich. (laughs) Uh, socialism is key Um, Leroy reveals that he has a piece of mail that he found in the back room of a liquor store that he and his buddy Spencer robbed last night love the casual mention of a liquor store robbery here (laughs) the letter that Leroy found reveals that the name of the company that is buying up all the properties in the ghetto is owned by their landlord The letter also reveals the landlord's address, which is where Leroy wants to pull up and stuff his pockets full of all their riches. You hear about the gold? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) When he... (laughs) You hear about it. (laughs) You know where it is. You know where to find it. You seen them riches? have it. (laughs) Got some ducats. (laughs) And y'all... When he said that, everybody's neck just cranked to the left. What? You say go? And they even got they even got this like little gong in the in the background. Like every time you hear gold in this thing, it's like gong. So Leroy is fixing to loot these people for everything they got, baby. So Ruby and Fool better get with the program. And Ruby says that they should just leave them, their people alone because she's heard bad things about them. You know, she's especially not on board with Leroy using fool as part of this stick up plan. Leroy says that his plan is foolproof, though. Then he turns to fool and tells him straight that if he doesn't do this, that his family will be out in the street eating beans. Dry, Dry. fam. Dry. So dry. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> Homelessness and death. That is your future. <laughs> you're like, fuck, you're doing a worse reading than the cards did earlier. God damn. But we cut to Fool having a quiet moment with his dying mother. And it's sweet and it's sad as hell. Like, all in one. It's terrible. Fool says that one day he's going to buy her a Cadillac for each foot. And then she's going to skate around looking so bad. <laughs> it's so sad. It's a pretty emotional moment. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, if you didn't tear up at that, like, that's okay. I know my truth and y'all are heartless and that is fine. <laughs> you can live with that. I can't. <laughs> Fool's mother lays a gentle hand on his face. She insists that he just take care of the family because he's the man of the house now. And we cut to the hard ghoul woman walking down the hall, holding what looks like the dress that she was working on earlier, but it's been completed. 
the hard ghoul woman enters a child's bedroom. We see the girl from earlier sitting at an antique white table for one. The room is princess pink, and we see three identical pairs of white Mary Jane shoes lined in a row. Yo, this hard ghoul woman picks up the girl's dinner plate, and she examines it, and then she scowls, and then she says to the girl, You didn't lick this. Did you? Ooh, so creepy. <laughs> the girl protests, but in an instant, this asshole of a woman starts roughing up the child. She's pulling her all kinds of ways, trying to get her to put the dress on. Like, lady, you are making this difficult. It's all you. <laughs> She's beaking about having slaved over the dress and saying that it better fit. I can't wait for the part when this little girl loses it on this woman because you have to know what's going to happen. <laughs> she proceeds to vigorously brush this girl's hair, like, super hard. And then she starts, like, weirdly demanding, like, love affirmations for this girl. Like, do you love your mother? And you're like, what? I'm glad this girl wasn't tender-headed because, like, <laughs> ow. Like, it's too much. Yo, it's too much. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Mommy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These people call themselves Mommy and Daddy. And, like, it's a whole thing. But do you want to know something that's funnier than this? What? On the IMDb page, their characters are called man and woman. Yo, it's a cover-up, fam. Otherwise known as a carefully laid twist. (laughs) You were warned. (laughs) (laughs) Mommy is done with the love fest and heads for the door with the plate. When she realized that the fork is gone and it's panic at the disco for everybody. (laughs) The girl scrambles to locate the missing fork just as this hobgoblin hand comes out of the fucking wall with the fork. And the girl gives the cave dweller, gives this little hand like a pat. And then it slips back from once it came and the girl is relieved and gives mommy the fork. But mommy knows what's up. She ain't buying this. She knows. Daddy comes in saying some niggers robbed the store. He's apparently having one of his headaches again. Hold up. Did you notice that mommy gets a little gleam in her eye when she hears that? Oh, don't worry. I saw that glimmer, dog. Like my spidey senses are tingling. It's a headache. (laughs) But mommy tells daddy that the girl who we now find out's name is Alice has been bad. That Alice has been feeding the thing in the walls again. And daddy starts rolling up his belt in his fist to do a beat down. Like beat down. This poor little thing. Like Alice is tiny. And this full corn-fed man is gonna fist belt her and mommy is over here saying remember not to bruise her face like what oh no 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 that 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 whole thing that 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 is what mommy was gleaming about you see these people these people are sick they're sick so outside We see Leroy and his buddy Spencer casing the burbs in a black panel van. Fool is in the back of the van in a little bear trooper uniform ready to go. Oh, yo, this had to have been their plan A. (laughs) Send in the boy. Let the boy watch. (laughs) Like, you know? 
honestly, it's a good plan because everyone trusts a bear trooper. Oh, yeah. So, Fool goes up to the house and rings the doorbell, but he gets no answer. He starts playing with the, the little pond out back, and, he, and Alice sees Fool from the window upstairs. And Mommy comes out, and Fool tries to sell her some, like, cookies for, like, CP or uh, some type of charity of that nature, you know? But it doesn't work. He tries to say that he needs to go to the bathroom, but she just brushes him off, you know? But guess plan A's a pretty much of a bust. Mm-hmm. We see in a close-up of the house that there are locks on the outside of the windows as well. This place is like Fort Knox, buddy. They don't want nobody getting in or out. Spencer, Leroy, and Fool are in the van talking about the mummy brush-off. Spencer can't accept that Fool couldn't get in the house, so Spencer puts on a gas man uniform and tries it himself. Never sending a boy to do a man's job. Moments after Spencer has tried his hand at finessing his way into the house, Leroy and Fool see a car pull out of the driveway of the house and wonder what's going on. Leroy's getting antsy and paranoid, thinking that Spencer is stealing all the good stuff for himself. Leroy says that they're going in after Spencer to make sure everything's straight, and Fool gets nervous, because that's not the plan, but Leroy hits him with a guilt trip about his mom getting thrown out of the street if Spencer gets all the loot. Leroy and Fool sneak round back and break into the florarium, which I refuse to believe is a real word. It's just something a rich person made up for their fucking plant room. Well, you know what? Joke's on you, because we're in a pandemic, and I now have over 35 plants in my bedroom. So who's got a florarium now? No flex zone. No flex (laughs) zone. You know better. You know better. <laughs> you better ask about me and my plants, okay? <laughs> spritz, spritz. <laughs> Fool finds a bloody doll dressed as Spencer in a rat trap. This spooks Fool, and he tries to be the voice of reason to have Leroy reconsider the B&E. As you would guess, Leroy ain't about it. He's here to get his. We see what looks like the remains of an old funeral home. Dead flowers and busted headstones everywhere. While Leroy's working on busting through the next door, someone out of sight drags the doll away. Finally, Leroy jams the door open. I done busted this house's cherry. It's open right up now. <laughs> when it's up, when it's up, when it's up, when it's up. Uh. Uh, uh. Leroy opens up the door and this big ass Rottweiler comes running at him and the dog takes him down to the ground and the dog doesn't let up until Fool comes up with this brilliant idea to distract the dog. Hey, fuzzball, your mama sleeps with cats. And understandably, this pisses off this dog and it just runs after Fool. Fool is so smart, though. He jumps up and grabs onto the top of the door frame, leading the dog into the other room. They quickly close the door and find themselves in the kitchen where they barricade the door. Because that dog is a beast and is ready to chew through two whole doors just to bite into their asses. And they're stuck in a dusty, nasty, old kitchen. Like, we got... Dead flies piled up on the windowsill. We got rats in the hood of the stove. They could be mice as well, but... No, they're rats. They're big as hell. They're rats. They're they're big-ass rats. (laughs) (laughs) And the cabinets have locks on them. And Fool sees, like, a a hear-no-evil, speak-no-evil, like, see-no... 
see no evil like statue like it kind of it really brings forth the mood of this house (laughs) fool once again tries to reason with leroy saying that this doesn't seem like a good idea and that maybe they should just go out the front door leroy hits him with this maybe you're too stupid for this kind of work or maybe too chicken shit Mm, but they hear something upstairs and they think it's spencer moving around the house so they leave the kitchen to go find him Leroy ventures upstairs, but Fool doesn't want to go upstairs, so Leroy tells him to stay downstairs so he can be the lookout. Fool starts to explore the main floor. He comes across this big-ass living room and says there's probably room there for ten families. Think about that. Only three people that we know of are living in this house. Ah, it's so big. It's so big. Like, that's a high school. That's not a house. <laughs> but fool goes to what looks like a basement door and looks through the people he sees spencer's clipboard and lighter on the stairs he unlocks the door and tries to look through the dark passage he hears a noise and turns back and then reflects on leroy's chicken shit comment fool goes back down the stairs and it's booby trapped for the door to close and lock behind him so he gotta push on he hears something whisper his name Foo. You see? You see? Fuck that. You know? No. If I heard that, bye. Like, I just, you know, that's where they get you, though. Because in a regular situation, my ass would be out the door, down the street, at like somewhere else, not here. But, like, Fool doesn't have that luxury. He can't do that. His mom's dying. Mm-hmm. It's a really smart way to keep a character on track with doing the what most illogical thing. Because for Fool, this is actually a life or death situation for his mom and his whole family, to be honest. Oof. Oh, gosh. So Fool uses the lighter to like guide his way through the dusty-ass, creepy dungeon that they call a basement. <laughs> and he sees someone or something with a flashlight and then you hear like a tv on in the background it, it sounds like something like a soap opera and then you kind of hear something like the news and fool pokes his head in and around the vent and he just calls for spencer fool gets hit with a big bellow of smoke from the fenced in opening by the tv he eats shit and starts to move around the basement we see a flash of lights and hear a bunch of groans coming from a the darkness in the back of the basement fool starts to run and trips over something it turns out to be spencer looking white as a ghost you know like pure duppy i guess (laughs) you know like i i guess maybe the cause of death is like he's been frightened to death but i'm not a coroner so I don't know the cause of death. I don't know the time. I don't know the biology. So like, there's no CSI. You can count me out of it. It's not me. <laughs> it's okay. We'll call David Caruso. We'll get him on the on the, on the scene. <laughs> wow! <laughs> but he sees that uh, Spencer's hand is clasped on something. And Fool opens it up, and it turns out to be, what? It's a gold coin. It's a gold coin. The coins are real. The coins are real. We can just see the sheer hope in this child's eyes. Maybe breaking into this house was worth it, after all. 
The moment is interrupted when we see something try to pull Spencer's body through a tiny little opening in the fenced off wall. Full scares the way the would-be body snatcher as he pulls Spencer's body back and he discovers that Spencer's hand has been gnawed on. Like there's bite marks and there's blood everywhere. So whatever the fuck is in the back of that Dungeons and Dragon ass basement likes to nibble on humans. They like the blood. They like the fleshers. Flesh meshers. Uh, okay, so we know we got some creepy, murderous white folks. We got some ghouls in the walls um, gnawing on human flesh. We got some big-ass killer dogs. Um, and uh, somewhere in there, we got some cannibalism. Nice, 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 <laughs> nice. Nice, okay. nice. Very unusual. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice. It's unusual. It's different. <laughs> so Fool sees a figure pull back the TV and he calls out to it, but he gets no answer. And in two seconds flat and out of nowhere, this gangly spider ghoul jumps on Fool's back and they struggle and Fool breaks free and he scrambles up the stairs, but the staircase collapses and it turns into a ramp and it's, there's booby traps in this house. There's tons. This house is just there's one house. big old booty trap. Booty trap! Booty trap! There's a booty trap <laughs> There's some traps in this house. There's some traps in this house. <laughs> Certified oh, free. <laughs> Fool falls back down the stairs and sees that there isn't just one ghoul chilling in the basement. There's probably about like a dozen of them. Like all of them, I guess, have been riled up by the commotion. So the ghouls are wiling out in the basement. The spider ghoul one comes running at Fool, but he turns the other way, booking it up the ramp. Fool bangs on the door, kicking and screaming, and when the door finally opens, it's Alice. She dips, and just as Fool is about to leave the basement, finally, spider ghoul over here grabs his leg, and they struggle. Fool finally breaks free and shuts the door. He even locks it just in case. He notices that Alice has disappeared, but before he can search for her, he sees that mommy and daddy have come home. They've come home. Mommy and daddy are peeping into the van that our sloppy, half-witted stick-up men left parked in their driveway. How are you going to pull up and rob somebody's house and park your big-ass black panel van in the driveway? Casual. Never forget, this was plan A. Remember back in theater school when Tatiana would say... <clears throat> Let me get my Russian on. <laughs> Your first ideal is always shit. You know, God bless the blunt and wise words of a Russian drama teacher. We love you, Tatiana. Tatiana, Tatiana, really Tatiana, do. Tatiana. <laughs> so Fool goes upstairs and sees Leroy lying on the floor, and he thinks he's dead. Fool shakes Leroy's body, and they startle each other when Fool discovers he ain't dead. Fool tells Leroy that Spencer, however, is dead and that the woman is back with a man the size of Detroit. You sure he did? You thought he was white before? You should see that sucker now. They both beeline it down the stairs to escape, but Fool gets electrocuted when he tries to open the front door and Leroy can't break the window with the crowbar because they're shatterproof. More booty traps. <laughs> They're officially just booty traps from here on out. <laughs> booty butt, booty butt, booty butt cheeks. <clears throat> <laughs>
Daddy and Mommy know that there are people in the house. They notice that the door has been barricaded, so they kick the door open just enough to let the dog through. And just for the information, the, the dog's name is Prince. How precious. I would also like to add that this dog gets so much screen time in this movie. He's like Cujo's cousin out here getting all the work. <laughs> Get it, puppy? Canine crunchies. <laughs> Leroy uses fool as bait for the dog, telling him to stand in the middle of the living room so that the dog can see him. Leroy says that he's going to clock it in the head. And funny enough, though, when the dog comes in, he goes right for Leroy instead of fool. <laughs> There's a hell of a struggle until Kevin Fool McAllister over here comes up with a brilliant idea. He grabs Leroy's free arm while the other is being chewed on by the dog. Then Fool uses his free hand to grab the electric doorknob. Boom. Prince is down. Mommy and Daddy are too fucking amped when they hear the fall. I heard him yell. I heard him go down. <laughs> Yikes. Fool and Leroy <laughs> run upstairs just as Daddy busts his big ass through the back door. Leroy and Fool run into a room that has a picture of Prince on the wall. Maybe this room is Mommy and Daddy's room. Yeah, it's one of the only rooms in this big, dusty house that looks lived in, aside from Alice's perfectly polished room. Leroy tries to pry the window open, but there are bolts drilled into the window frame. Yo. Have you clocked that there is a lot, and I mean a lot, of bondage gear kicking around this house? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm, no. And I'll, it's barely I'll, subtle. It, it, no, why? No, no, this is their house. <laughs> like, you know how people have, like, just random clothes or, like, maybe a jacket laying around? No, these people are, like, bog gags. And get masks. <laughs> but I got something better. I got something better. Clock this. I'll take it even a step further. I peeped around 34 minutes and 40 seconds into the movie. You can see some gear and a tub of Vaseline on the nightside table. Like you could even I stand. petroleum Honestly, jelly. I stand. Like, get it. They don't call themselves mommy and daddy for nothing, right? <laughs> The life uh, chose me. I didn't choose the life. Oh, good for them. Oh, so Fool and Leroy check out and see what Mommy and Daddy are doing. Mommy is comforting Prince after he just got sizzled and Daddy is getting his gun ready. Daddy is about to head upstairs, so Leroy and Fool book it. Fool suggests that they just hide under the bed, but Leroy isn't having it. They continue down the hall, and Leroy finds an open closet to hide in. But this grown-ass man says to this child that he brought into this situation that there's no more, that there's no more room in the closet. So, uh, sorry about your luck. <laughs> Sister. <laughs> That's wicked. Like, that is wicked. That, like, also... Again, there is more bondage gear in the closet. <laughs> Just peep by his head. Just go in the movie, watch it. There's another. I don't know what it is. It might be a harness. I don't know. But it's right there. Okay. So, fool, left with no choice, hides around the corner. Remember the spider ghoul from the basement? 
Well, he pops out of nowhere and scares Leroy out of the closet just as Daddy makes his way upstairs. Daddy unloads his clip into Leroy, and with his last dying breaths, Leroy yells for Fool to run! Hmm. And Leroy's body is seen tumbling down the stairs. And Mommy and Daddy are given their best one-two shimmy. Like, they're talking about him coming at them like a bull. Like, chill. That never even happened. Yo, y'all are boosted like you really did something. That man did not charge at you like no damn bull. Trifling ass lying. You know what? He was more like a deer in the headlights in reality. So... We're back with Fool as he spots a candle and a doll at the end of the hallway. Just as he approaches the doll, it's pulled by a string. And we see a leg and the doll disappear through a vent in the wall. Fool blows out the candle, which Daddy somehow hears all the way from downstairs. So he cocks his gun and goes to check where the sound could have come from. Fool follows the doll through the vent and into the walls. He flicks the lighter and sees a bowl of Prince's food? (laughs) Turns out these people feed their dog a different kind of kibble. (laughs) It's a human fucking torso! (laughs) Fool hears Daddy coming and goes further into the space behind the wall, where he sees Alice through a flap door. Just as Daddy starts shooting into the vent, Fool crawls further into the walls of the house. Daddy is cursing after him, and I think Daddy is confusing Fool for the spider ghoul from the basement. Oh, that would make sense. You know, I see, I think that was the whole essence of Leroy's OG plan, because who would suspect that a little bear trooper would be in on the heist and, you know, crawling through the walls of their house? Mm-hmm, no, yeah. And so Fool finds himself in another part of the house where he tries to open the doors. No luck. We see a door open at the end of the hall, and he makes his way to that door, and he peeks inside, and he sees Alice in this brook-ass, brook, 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 grunge, ghouly, smooly bathroom. Like a gas station oh, bathroom. Man, that's super gross. You know, <laughs> with all this so-called money these people have, you're telling me they, could, like, they couldn't have someone come in to give a scrub at least once a week? Like, a little dash of vim will get all of that nastiness out. Grab some Murray, some Murphy's, like... <laughs> Something. What's, that, what's that thing? The the Brillo pad? Like, uh, yes. That thing? <laughs> Alice is standing there motionless, holding the doll that bears a resemblance to Fool. He begins to make an introduction and asks all the questions. It's weird because she doesn't really know anything. Fool discovers that this poor girl has never been outside before, let alone met a black person before. Don't be scared. You... You've never seen a brother before? I never had a brother. No, I mean a black dude. (laughs) (laughs) He thinks like she's just unaware of black people living in the neighborhood, but this girl is trapped and doesn't even know what a neighborhood is. She tells him that no one has ever gotten out of the house. So Fool also asks her about the people in the basement. You know, I was wondering when we were going to get to that. Oh, here's the origins. Alice tells Fool that Daddy has been doing experiments on boys from the neighborhood in an attempt to find the perfect boy child, presumably to complete their perfect nucleola nuclea family. (laughs) But when every boy they essentially kidnapped from the neighborhood didn't turn out 
to be the perfect child they imagined he would be, they would lock them up in the basement where they would conduct experiments on the poor boys that they mutilated. Yeesh. Ugh. Fool asks Alice why she hasn't been taken down into the basement, and she tells us that she sees no evil, hears no evil, and speaks no evil. She's basically telling Fool that that's the only way to survive this place. It's pretty sad. They hear a scream, and Fool asks what all the yelling is about. Alice tells him about Roach. Remember the spider monkey ghoul? Well, his name is actually Roach, and that's who Daddy has been hunting ever since he escaped from the rest of the ghouls in the basement and into the walls of the house. Now Daddy can't find him. Alice is kind of feeling the fact that Daddy is frustrated with the whole Roach situation. And you know what? It's pretty nice. Like, it's a little smirk. It's a little gleam in her eyes. She's like, fuck him. Uh, Call schadenfreude. (laughs) You know? Because, like basically means that like there's a little piece of her who doesn't like mommy and daddy at all i mean they obviously have not been treating this girl right in any type of way so i'd understand why she'd be holding some kind of resentment like at least a little grudge (laughs) and petite grudge (laughs) (laughs) and then we see daddy in full gimp suit, running around the halls hunting roach. It's wild. <laughs> and, like, he's just putting rounds in the walls. And also, like, I would like to point out that Ving Rhames is in two movies where a white dude fucks him up in a gimp suit. <laughs> What's the other film? Pulp Fiction. Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like, I think, I think there's a little piece of that that's really, really, really warped, but it's there and there's something to it. I mean, yeah, I guess so. Fool gets scared of the shooting and tries to bang on the bathroom windows. Sweetie, you already tried that. Oh, I know. <laughs> Daddy hears the banging and heads into their direction. Alice shows Fool that there is a way into the walls of the house from the bathroom and opens up a panel in the cupboard. Alice tells Fool that Daddy is too scared to go in there, so it's the safest bet to survive. Fool is understandably hesitant, but Alice reassures him that sometimes in is out. He closes the panel and goes back into the hallway to weigh his options. This is the only thing I don't understand. Like, take the way you've been given, son. (laughs) (laughs) Pearls before swine. (laughs) I mean, (sighs) daddy is storming all around the halls, shooting them up. And Roach is out here fucking with him so hard through these walls. I love Roach. I love him. He's just bear chirping this man. He's like, and and fool goes back into the bathroom and locks the door and daddy starts walking towards the door but he hears roach from another part of the house and he runs off fool closes the cupboard and decides to take the doll he chooses to hide behind the shower curtain again a weird choice but we'll let it slide we cut to mommy feeding prince a spencer paw for lunch mommy hears wheels in the driveway it's the cops. Mommy casually steps over Leroy's dead body 
and goes into the mic, which looks like it's like a control panel with all these switches on them to tell Daddy that the police are out back. The police have gotten out of their cruiser to check out the van in the driveway because it's been used in other robberies around the area. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Daddy has to cut his roach safari short and change out of his gimp suit to creep the cops. We cut to Fool in the bathroom. He notices the gunshots have stopped. He comes out from behind the curtain and falls onto the floor. Prince hears this mid-munch. Fool goes to the window and he sees the two cops. He tries to bang on the windows again. No dice. The police can't hear him. The windows are also soundproof. And another one, okay? (laughs) Oh, he looks he looks a little defeated, but eh, that's the brakes. Mommy and Daddy go out and greet the cops who point out that the van in their driveway that we know belongs to Leroy and the gang has been used in a few robberies, even a liquor store last night. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Mommy gives the cops a spiel and a half. She paints this lovely picture of victimhood. It's as if we are the prisoners and the criminals roam free. She lays it on thickers. Thicker, thickers. And the cops dip. You know, they do nothing at all. Not surprising at all. (laughs) No, not surprising at all. Never, 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 never. But then mommy and daddy look in the back of the van. They find the bear trooper uniform, and it all clicks for them that Fool is also in the house somewhere. Daddy is fucked and sniffs the uniform, and Mommy is tripping because Fool is in the house with Alice. He's in there right now with our little angel. (laughs) I love her. I love her. I love her so much. We cut back to Fool running through the house. He's about to dip into the wall through one of the vents, but Prince is there waiting for him, and he tries to take a bite out of Fool. They struggle, and Fool asks, What are they feeding you? And as if in response, I love this puppy, Prince spits out Spencer's skull ring before chasing Fool into the bathroom again. (laughs) And then, another one of my favorite parts, Fool punches Prince out and locks the door. (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. It's like a dog barking outside my window at this very moment. (laughs) Daddy is upstairs now. He begins to shoot his way through the door, but he doesn't know that Fool is waiting for him with the lid off the back of the toilet. Fool dunks Daddy on the back of the head. Boom! Concussed. Fool threatens to kick daddy's ass if he comes at him one more time again. Like, he's trying to get into the bathroom. Then out of nowhere, Roach pops out through the panel in the cabinet and yanks Fool through the wall. Zwoimp! Daddy sticks his arm through the busted door and unlocks it, walking into the bathroom. He tries to open the cabinet that Roach and Fool slipped through, but he can't figure it out. So he shoots that bitch off. Daddy sends Prince into the wall after them. <laughs> And it's pretty cute. I like this. Because Daddy is out here ranting and raving about killing them when Roach pulls out his little Bart Simpson slingshot and he just pulls one and he knocks Daddy right in the head with a rock. And Roach (laughs) starts giggling. (laughs) I love 
I love this This creepy little laugh. (laughs) So they run through the labyrinth behind the walls of the house and stumble across Roach's crib. Fool even takes the time to ask, is this your place? (laughs) It's perfect. Like this little Roach pad. It's a nice setup. He's got some like lofty area with like twinkling string lights everywhere. And like you could probably get a spot like that in Toronto for like 1200 Minimum. Hard minimum. (laughs) Fool and Roach continue to run through the walls, and it seems like Roach has a plan. He lures Prince to a spot, and boom. Trap door, baby. The trap door sends Prince down a chute that leads into the kitchen. Prince also has the fool doll that Alice made in his mouth when he goes down the chute. And when Mommy and Daddy see this, it tips them off right away. The boy has gotten to Alice. Fool and Roach make it to Alice's room. This is the first time we see all three kids together. It's really sweet. They make their formal introductions, and Alice tells Fool Roach's origin story. It's a doozy, folks. So it turns out that Roach was calling out for help one day. So Daddy had to cut out his tongue. You know, that whole, like, speak no evil thing. So this explains why Roach couldn't just ditch the dirt before when, you know, he encountered Fool in the basement. Fool sees a box of homemade dolls on Alice's bed. He dumps out the box and sees one that looks a lot like Leroy. Alice explains to him that she makes these dolls to hold the souls of the people that have come into the house. That's a lot of dolls. Bro, they've killed a lot of people. And I mean a lot of people. And then we see mommy and daddy bust up in the room, okay? Roach tries to escape through the wall, and daddy shoots him, and I, th- I think it's a hit. I'm pretty sure it's a hit, but Roach still, like, manages to scramble through, like, the vent, and then daddy pins full up against the bed. It's a whirlwind. Oh, gosh, and mommy is going ham on Alice. She's giving her backhands, calling this girl the viper in her bosom, her little Judas. Daddy asks Mm. mommy what to do, and our girl has the answer. It is time to clean house. Total spring cleaning. (laughs) She's tweaking, yo. Tweak, tweak. (laughs) It's over downstairs, where daddy forces fool to drag Leroy's body down the basement. And, like, peep this, like, Leroy's, like, at least, like, six, six, two, and then Fool is, like, you know, small child size, however small child size you decide that is, that is still a small child, but, like... Like a small 13-year-old. Small, small boy! So, like, and then Daddy kicks Fool down the stairs, and he flips the switch, turning the stairs into a ramp, and pushes Leroy's body down with him. And then Mommy drags Alice down the stairs and throws her slipping and sliding into a puddle of Leroy's blood. And, bro, if you gotten your ticket to gaslight city you better fucking clip it right now because we're going (laughs) (laughs) because mommy cusses the fuck out of alice and then she airs out all the family dirty laundry for us that we all love to see and we all love to hear sip 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 it's time spill the tea mommy it's time lazy brat sits in her room all day sewing dolls children misbehaving in the basement and the one in the walls doing his business god knows where you kids will be the death of me i'd be so cheesed if i had to clean up that big ass puddle like you made the mess i was locked in my room when this happened yo just remember there is a small fury that is going to rage out in this girl at some point it is coming 
It is, it is, it is, it is on the rise. It is coming. Daddy chains up Fool in the basement and starts gutting Leroy. And the ghouls locked up in the basement, who we now just learned were the mutilated boys from around the neighborhood, are hungry. So Daddy starts throwing them some little tasty bits, some little nuggets. This motherfucker eats people. Dog, gotta keep them real hungry. Oh, yeah. So I just want to take a second. I, I had a thought about this. Okay. The first time we are introduced to mommy and daddy, daddy is eating that, you know, that, that, that mystery meat that we uh-huh. assumed he hunted because, you know, like the whole buckshot and all that, like that yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. I've been thinking those bones looked like a set of some big fucking ribs and not like the hickory smoke kind. And then we have to think of all those people that they've killed. And now we see daddy hacking bits of Leroy. Yeah. Yeah. You get, you see where I'm going? Like these people are fucking cannibals too. Yeah. Like, or, or maybe just daddy's a cannibal. I don't know. I thought at first that they were just feeding it to the ghouls, but like they're eating it as well. Right. But we haven't seen mommy, but we also like, does Alice eat it? You know what? I don't know. I don't know. It's okay. I like, don't know. I digress on this topic. It's okay. Like, you, everybody can think about it. Back upstairs, mommy draws Alice a nice hot devil bath. The shit is boiling. Mommy says to Alice that the fires of hell are even hotter. <laughs> she starts blaming Alice for getting blood on the white dress that mommy works so hard to make for her. Yo, it's a sight, if anything. Like, it's terrible. Especially, like, the screaming. Like, these two can scream for days. Like, I love them. I love them both. <laughs> shrieky. Shrieky. After Daddy is done with his gutting of Leroy, he dumps what's left of his body in a disgusting pit. It, it looks like they've made a soup out of all the bodies and carcasses Ew. of unwelcome visitors in the past. Ew. Like, you see that? The little minestrone Ew, in Please there? don't ruin soup for me. No, <laughs> I'd, I'd appreciate it if you stopped right now. I'm sorry. But, like, we know for a fact that Spencer is in that borscht, baby! Okay, all right. <laughs> All right, moving on. Well, after tossing Leroy into the soup pit, Daddy grabs Fool and throws him into the back of the basement with the ghouls, paralleling what's happening upstairs as Mommy is seen throwing Alice into a corner of her room. Alice is terrified, and her skin is beet red from that hell bath. Oh, and Daddy walks into Alice's room all bloody and, like, eager to gloat and shit. Like, he's talking about the fact that Fool is dead meat and like he fronts and says that he's going to kill him but he's gonna let the people under the stairs do it back downstairs fool is trapped with the ghouls in the basement and he's trying to scare them away we hear a noise coming from the direction of the soup pit then we see leroy's carcass emerge from the pit but it's just roach pretending to be a reanimated leroy Hmm. this distracts the ghouls while roach gets the keys and lets fool out Daddy is pissed when he hears all the commotion from downstairs. He sends Prince down to the basement, where Prince finds Fool and Roach hiding in the wood furnace. Ooh, and inside the furnace, we see that Roach has been shot, and it's looking pretty bad. You know, and like, poor Fool is saying that, like, they need to go to a hospital, but we all know what's going to happen to our man Roach. Mm. I know. 
Roach tells Fool in his nonverbal way that he wants to give him something. He uses his wall goblin strength to retrieve a little black... <laughs> Sorry. His wall goblin strength. Oh, man. We gotta put some respect on Sean Whalen's name here. Oh, gosh. Okay. Soul. Roach... <laughs> uses what little strength he has left in his little wall goblin arms to retrieve a little black bag from a vent in the furnace. He hands the bag to Fool. Fool opens the bag, and what? Gold coins. Cha-ching! Gold, baby! Hundred dollar the roach also has one last thing to say because he's losing blood fast he writes alice's name in the ashes on the walls of the furnace and with his last bit of strength he points at fool and then points upward like he's basically saying save alice dog and then we get a one two breath and roach is gone Fool crawls through the vents from the basement to the upper levels of the house. And all the while, this fucking dog is following him. But he ain't scared because he's on a mission to save Alice in Roach's honor. (laughs) And also because he's trying to get the fuck out of this house himself. (laughs) Facts. Facts. While Prince is tracking Fool through the vents, Daddy is out here doing some scary, creepy shit to Alice. He has this poor girl pinned down on the bed, and he's all in her face, interrogating her about if she and Fool fucked? Like, really? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's on that T.I. tip. Ugh. That... (laughs) The hymen investigator over here. No! (laughs) Ooh! Leave your daughter's hymen alone. Ooh, hey, T.I., leave that hymen alone. And (laughs) Daddy is totally getting off on all of this. Like, he's saying that he killed his little friends in the wall, like, you know, like referring to Roach, and the little black one, too. Oh, man. All the while, Prince has been at the door barking through all of this. And I guess the barking is throwing Daddy off. So he opens the door and yells, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Poor Prince. Poor Prince, man. Like, he's just trying to be a guard dog and doing his fucking job. (laughs) And, like, people are throwing him off his game. Like, (laughs) I'll come to your job and fuck with you. <laughs> but the dog's fucking hella cheesed on this part. Like, and daddy closes the door and turns back to the bedroom. And, and just as Fool winds up out of the vent and he punches daddy straight in his dick. Like, I love dick punches <laughs> as much as the next one. I don't know if you don't, but I do. <laughs> but they are always unexpected and I love them. Listen, at Ghouls and Galdem, we live for a good dick punch. 110%. Pew pew. Then it turns into a WWE TLC match and Fool is throwing down some lamps. Solid choice of weapons because Daddy is out cold on the floor. Alice and Fool escape through the vents and Fool is trying to hurry them along, but Alice's dress gets stuck. Meanwhile, Daddy has run down to the basement where he's seen dousing Roach's body with gasoline. He lights a match and starts screaming at Roach's dead body to burn in hell for getting free and for showing them the way. Evil people really hate to see you thrive. 
Evo! And it's getting hot, y'all, because Daddy has turned on the heat, and he's got his gun with him yelling, all the burns and hells, burns and hells this, burns and hells that, and we gotta get through these vents. Like, fuck your dress, Alice, let's go! They finally make it out of the vents and into the walls. There's smoke everywhere, and they don't know where they're going, because Roach is the only one who knew his way around the labyrinth behind the walls of the house. Daddy is open for hunting season, baby, and he is shooting up everything as he searches for them. Fool almost gives their position away by sneezing, but it's all good. They begin to travel lightly through the walls. They almost get got by a booby trap that was probably meant for Roach, so they have to be extra careful. Mommy and Daddy send in Prince through the vent. Alice spots Prince and she's ready to run, but Fool is overrunning. He gets licked down by the dog, but he and Alice try to fight him off. Daddy hears the struggle and clocks their location. He has a bayonet on his gun now, so it's stabbing time. Hmm. Daddy runs into a room that we haven't seen, and it's creepy as shit. Like, this room is filled with lit candles and photos of unknown children all over the walls. Like, mm, mm, mm. Daddy starts bayonetting the wall, and Alice is screaming because Fool is pinned against the wall, trying to fight off Prince, and he could very well get stabbed. The blade misses Fool by a hair several times, and then he comes up with an idea to do a little do si do and switch places with the dog so that Daddy will stab his beloved prince instead of him. It's just like when Hamlet kills Polonius. <laughs> Daddy is feeling himself jumping up and down about this kill until Mommy shits on his parade. Prove it. <sighs> Alice and Fool keep climbing up the vent while Daddy leads Mommy to the scene of the stabbing. Daddy tears open the wall and Prince's head just flops out. <laughs> and Mommy screams in horror, You killed Prince! <laughs> Alice and Fool make it all the way up to the attic and Fool realizes that they're directly above the pond he saw earlier. He tries to convince Alice to jump out the window into the pond below, but she's too scared, talking about what's out there. Like... I get the unknown is scary, but girl, you live in a murder house, and if you don't jump out that damn window... Suddenly, Daddy runs up on them, shooting and hollering. And Full slips out of the window and hopes that Alice will follow his lead, but he looks back to see Daddy about to shoot after him. Alice struggles with Daddy, trying to redirect the gun, and Fool makes an epic jump into the pond. Daddy bursts out the side door and starts shooting off his gun in the backyard. Fool has hopped the fence, and we hear him yell, I'm coming back for you, Alice! Mommy comes outside and chastises Daddy, Never shoot your gun outside! Again, let's check the time. Did you clock that she told Daddy to go inside and put on a suit? Oh, yeah. Like, what is this relationship? What are the rules? What's your safe word? How are the punishments dished out? It's a mystery, dog. Like, I'm not sure if we will ever know. That's fair. Your kink is not my kink, but your kink is okay, Mommy and Daddy. (laughs) Fool is safe and sound back at home with his sister Ruby and their granddad. He's showing them the gold coins that Roach had given him. And Fool's granddad says... If these had come from anybody else, I'd tan your hide and make you take them straight back. Granddad tells them that the coins are valuable enough to pay for their mama's surgery and pay their rent until the year 2000. And this movie came out in 1991. 
So like, that's a good chunk of change. Granddad also tells us that mommy and daddy are what? Mm-hmm. Jenna? They are brother and sister. Bro and sis, everyone. Oh, man. And, yo, that brings a oh, whole boy. new angle to the, 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 the S&M stuff. The, oh, the gimp wear. A whole new angle. <laughs> oh, good grief, Charlie Brown. Whoa. I love it. Oh. Granddad spills the hottest tea on this family of creeps. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I love it too much. He tells us that their family has always been shady as fuck. And they were into the funeral business and they would sell cheap coffins for outrageous prices. And then they got into the real estate business and they started taking people's homes. The more money they got, the greedier they got. The greedier they got, the crazier they got. More money, more problems. Granddad also mentions that these people were essentially untouchable because the police never really took any accusations against them seriously. White privilege at its finest. Oh, when does it ever? (laughs) When does it end? (laughs) Ruby tells Fool to stay away from these crazy-ass people, but Fool says that he made a promise to Alice and he has to go back and save her. He's really flexing this new man-of-the-house muscle because this little 13-year-old boy just walks straight up out of that apartment and his grown-ass sister can't do anything to stop him. Uh Uh-uh, they can't tell me nothing. Mm. You know, people tend to not question you when your convictions are as strong as our hero fool. Fool stops at a phone booth outside his building and calls CAS to report a case of child abuse that is going on at mommy's and daddy's house right now. This child is so SMRT smart. What? Better than Leroy's. (laughs) (laughs) The plan is on. The cops show up to the house, but they're charmed by mommy and daddy who just bust out, you know, the cookies, the coffee, the creams, the sugar, you know, the works. The police... The creme de la creme. (laughs) The police find a child's bedroom upstairs and mommy and daddy give them a story about the room belonging to their dead, yeah, dead child, Alice. And mommy is even so bold to say this. The Lord saw fit to come and take her. Never touched the room since. We're foolish, I suppose, but in a sense... She still lives here and always will. I have to break that Uh, because I just need you to understand. I need you to understand this woman. Rough. The lengths that she will go to while the cops buy the story and dip. Mommy and Daddy drop the act the second the cops are gone, flipping a switch on the switchboard to reveal a fake shelf that they even use to shield the confines of the basement. The moment it's raised, we hear the sound of the ghouls down there. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a business as usual, folks, for Mommy and Daddy. <laughs> and then they di- they discuss about getting like you know a brand new dog, you know, a good big one. The pair go upstairs, and Mommy mentions that she's worried one of the ghouls might have slipped out. She couldn't keep an eye out because the police left the back door open for so long. Daddy reassures her by saying he used horse tranquilizers on them. So, you know, it shouldn't be a problem. Just a casual horse tranquilizer. (laughs) 
We discover that Fool is back in the house. He slips out of the kitchen cupboard and makes his way upstairs. But before he does, he grabs a fire poker from the living room. You know, you gotta stay strapped. As Fool creeps up the stairs, we hear Daddy talking about his plans to go to the ghetto to find Fool the next day. Like, who are you, sir? (sighs) Fool is following the voices of Mommy and Daddy saying their prayers before bed. He's got the fire poker ready, and he's about to turn the corner to strike at Mommy and Daddy mid-prayer. But it's a trap! Mommy and Daddy recorded their voices and left the tape recorder playing to lure him in. And out of nowhere, Daddy attacks Fool from behind in all his leather gimp glory. Daddy grabs Fool and drapes him up on the wall, but Fool gouges Daddy's eyes with his thumbs. And Mommy grabs Fool just as Daddy drops him, but Fool busts up Mommy's legs with the fire poker. Ha. Fire starter. Fire poker. Fool runs downstairs to the main floor and finds the switchboard. He flips the switch that opens the back door. He wants Mommy and Daddy to think that he got out clever boy daddy gets the strap and runs around the house he runs into the kitchen and he sees the back door open yes fool's plan worked we hear mommy and daddy talking about where they had left alice it turns out that they strung the poor girl up in the attic to wait it out up there these two assholes are even laughing about her being afraid of the attic. When we see that Alice is upstairs, hanging from a bolt in the chimney, behind her, Fool pops out some bricks out of the wall, including the brick that is holding Alice up. They share a tender moment when Alice realizes that Fool has come back for her. Like, I got you, boo. It's really sweet, you know? It is super cute. They try to pry more bricks free until daddy comes in to be a fucking creep leap Alice, the little smarty pants that she is, pretends to still be hanging from the wall and even asks daddy to let her free. This man stands there rubbing his dick just as mommy opens the door. And I'm just like, sir, <laughs> please like stop. Like even like Hands to grabs, your side. he like grabs his junk and he's just like, Ugh. and you're like, ah, yeah. no. You know, I'm so glad that this is the only moment we had to see that type of nastiness because I don't know if I needed any sexual deviancy mixed into this already messed up storyline. <laughs> right? It's like Wes Craven just couldn't, <laughs> but kind of did add a dash of pedophilia to the laundry list of mummy and daddy's fuckery. So mommy comes up and ruins his pervy ass moment. She has to scream after daddy to get him out of his dick trance so he can help her and her busted leg to bed. Fool climbs up through the chimney onto the roof, then in through the attic window. He spills the tea to Alice about how mommy and daddy are siblings and that they stole her. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> like they did all the other children in the basement. And Alice doesn't believe him at first, but Fool says that his granddad gave him the 411 and that he would never lie to him. And in that moment, we see it all register on Alice's face. Ooh, girl, I think she ready mm-hmm. for the truth. Can't wait it. Can't wait for it. (laughs) So Fool suggests that they jump out through the window like before. But Alice shuts down that idea real quick. She tells Fool that when he got out the first time, Daddy drained the pond and covered the bottom with broken glass. And it's looking like they're going to have to just, you know, think on their feet just a tiny bit. Improvise. 
Sewell sees a random opening covered by a chain link fence, and we're not sure where it leads, but he tries to shake it open. Alice points out to Fool that there's TNT on both sides of the opening. She tells us that Daddy has a ton of TNT laying around the house. Weird flex, Daddy, but okay. We've seen worse throughout this whole film, to be honest. Yup. <laughs> Fool grabs a brick and convinces Alice to follow him up towards the roof. The plan is to go down the chimney. We cut to Daddy tweaking and beaking about Alice. He says that Mommy should have just let him kill her. He also goes on by saying that Fool came back for Alice because they obviously fucked. And, like, she's a whore. And, like, all that. That's whack. Whatever. But Daddy is on a whole nother level with this Bible-thumping incel tip. Like, when would they have found the time to fuck? Like, y'all have been terrorizing them for, like, at least an hour by now. So, like, what do you mean? Like, she doesn't even know what the outside is. How is she going to know about fucking? I just can't. This child is too repressed to even think about sex. Well, hold up. Hold up. We do have them flowers in their attic. You know what I'm saying? Oh, touche. Oh, we aren't doing that movie, but that's a whole lot of of other incest. We aren't doing that movie because of the incest. You know what I mean? Like, somebody come get her. She's fucking her brother. Stop, stop. This is disgusting. I hate myself for agreeing to this. Ugh, fuck you, Hollywood. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, mommy is not having it either because when daddy makes those comments about Alice, she straight up decks him. Like, I assume it's because she's been the only girl child they've stolen and like maybe mommy has like a soft spot for Alice. And in this moment, we see for the very first time daddy really disobeying mommy because his response to the smack is a good old one handed neck choke. Squish. Oh, these people are messed up. They continue to squabble until they see that dust is sprinkling down the chimney. Fool is faking them out, though. He's about to put that brick to good use. Daddy pops his head into the fireplace and starts shooting it up. But there's too much dust. He can't see clearly through his gimp mask either. So he takes it off and looks up the chimney again. At that moment fool home alone twos it and throws that brick he grabbed from the attic down the chimney and it hits daddy square in the face <sighs> while daddy is writhing in pain allison fool shimmy down the chimney mommy tries to grab daddy's gun but fool gets to it sooner he throws the gun down an opening in the chimney that leads all the way down to the basement level. Then he takes some inspiration from the Three Stooges and shoves his fingers right up Mommy's nose, right into the brain, it seems. It's cheesy, but we love it. Alice and Fool break free from Mommy and continue sliding down the chimney shaft. Fool tells Alice to go to the back door and get out through there. She's confused until Fool tells her that he's going to go downstairs to let the people under the stairs free. You know, like, my heart. That's my boy. He's the real hero. I need a hero. I need a fool. (laughs) Okay. So Alice is in the living room and Fool is in the basement with the gun. Alice is looking around and gets jumped by Mommy. Mommy's out here saying some outlandish shit. 
We will get him out of our house. He's filthy. He's bad. He's awful. And Alice finally has her moment. (laughs) You know, it's a little soft. It's on the lighter side, but, like, we'll give her a break. It's her first time cussing anybody out, you know, like, eh. So Alice stomps the yard on Mommy's foot and tells her to go to hell. You know. Oh, so gratifying. It's not too bad. Like, Alice makes a break for the kitchen while Mommy is taking a quick five on the stairs, rubbing out those corns that Alice just mushed up. (laughs) Okay, but here's the problem, though. The back door is locked. So our girl Alice better think of something else and quick. Oh, and Daddy comes down the stairs to find Mommy on the stairs. She cries that Fool has turned her little girl against her. I know. I know. Villains are the heroes in their own story, too. But, like, fuck these people, you know? So Mommy finally gives Daddy the go-ahead to do whatever he thinks is fit. You know, like, fuck them kids. They can both burn in hell. Burn in hell. Burn in hell. Mommy and Daddy run to the kitchen looking for Alice. They even go through all the cupboards, but they just can't find her. She couldn't have left the house, but it turns out she's hiding in the hood above the stove. Mm. And they hear the noise from the basement and realize that Fool is down there. Mommy and Daddy open the basement door and find that Fool is waiting for them on the stairs with the shotgun. It's looking real good until Daddy hits the switch that turns those stairs into a ramp and Fool falls down and so does the gun. Daddy picks up the gun and drags Fool to the soup pit to show him his future. He points the gun at Fool's head and is about to pull the trigger until we hear a knock at the front door. Mommy says that it might be the police again. So she hides her gun behind her back, wipes her face, and unlocks the front door. Mommy opens the door and it turns out to be Fool's sister Ruby. She's dressed in this cute little church-going number. You know, her hair is up and she's ready to give these people a piece of her mind, you know? She says that Mm-hmm. She is the representative of the Association of the People Unjustly Evicted, Exploited, and Generally Fucked Over. Ruby goes in on Mommy about how shit they are as landlords and how what they do is unethical as fuck. Mommy's not hearing it, though. She's a little preoccupied, so she shuts the door in Ruby's face, then walks back to the basement and gives Daddy the go-ahead. Kill the little bugger. And with that, Daddy cocks the gun and points it at Fool's head. Kiss your ass goodbye, boy. But before he can pull the trigger, the ghouls shine a bunch of flashlights on Daddy. He loses focus and Fool is loose again. Daddy starts shooting aimlessly at Fool and the ghouls. We hear the voice of Granddad pretend to be the police. Mommy is looking pretty fed up at all of this. She goes to the door and it's just Ruby with Granddad. Granddad tells Mommy that they just want to say their piece, so Ruby continues and says, Not only are you bad landlords, but ten times worse. You've stolen children from our community for your own sick needs. Mommy scoffs at them with, There's no community here. All I see are a couple of nick. In mid-nig, the whole community shows out and shows up. It's amazing. I love the people talking shit in the background, too. This one woman is like, we busted your ass, bitch. (laughs) She should win an Oscar. Just saying. (laughs) Because truer words have never been said. The community is here, bitch. Ruby puts a little more stank on mommy and says, what are you going to do? Shoot us all? Woo! 
That doesn't sit right with mommy. She points the gun at Ruby and tries to shoot her. But out of nowhere, our girl Alice crashes through the ceiling and smashes mommy's head on the floor, knocking her the fuck out. See, see, see. You know, Alice leveled yeah. up. Like, you know. Yeah, she did. She's just a little bit of a late bloomer, you know, but it's all good. It's all good. She came through. She cracked a skull. Good for you, boo. Alice is upstairs winning while Fool is downstairs struggling. <laughs> but it might be okay, because Daddy can't find him. Aye. And this James Franco-looking ghoul grabs Fool by the shirt, and you think he's going <laughs> to fuck with them. Yeah, you know he does. He looks like James Franco. <laughs> you think he's going to fuck with them, but he actually doesn't. James Frank ghoul. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. James Frank Ghoul holds Fool up against the wall where the lock would be, getting Daddy to shoot at Fool. But James Frank Ghoul drops Fool at the last second, and the lock gets blown off. Yeah, and James Frank Ghoul and the law schools rally around <laughs> Fool to keep him safe from Daddy and his shotgun. Oh, it's got to be the name of, like, a UK punk garage funk band or something. Uh <laughs> I know I said in 2021 I'm going to be supporting my friends, but I won't and will not be encouraging you in any of this. If it's not, we have to start one. James Frank Ghoul and the Lost Fools. Like I said, I won't be entertaining any of this. You say that now. I think the ghouls understand that Fool came back to save them. So it's really sweet to see them trying to keep him safe from Daddy. Upstairs, Granddad, Ruby, and Alice open the door to the basement, and they call out for Fool, but they get Daddy instead. And they shut the door on Daddy, and it sends him ass over tea kettle down the stairs. Fool tells James Frank Ghoul about the back door being open and that it will lead him and the others to the outside world. To the sun, the birds, and the women, dog. Fool's a great friend. Yeah, bro. You just got to look out for the crew, you know? Got to look out. James Frank Ghoul wants to give his buddy Fool something for being a good friend. He shows Fool what looks like a vault. It has an alarm of some kind on it, but Fool has studied with the best, so it's going to be easy peasy. So are you telling me that that vault was there the whole time? Like the whole time? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but like, mm -hmm. you know, it's all about the journey. Not the destination. Mm -hmm. But, like, this vault has money. Gringotts money. Oodles. It's everywhere. And there's some shit in vials in the corner, but I'm not even going to touch on that. Like, yeah. we don't need to go there. Yeah, we've delved into a lot into these people's lives today. And I'm good. I'm totally good with not knowing what that creepy shit in the jar is as well. I don't need to know. I don't, it's, I'll mind my own fucking business. That's what I will do today. <laughs> Alice and Ruby open the basement door once again to yell for Fool. No answer. They both look back at the front door and Mommy is gone. Ruby runs outside to ask the crowd if anyone had seen Mommy run off somewhere. And in the same breath, the door shuts behind her, locking her out of the house. Mommy has put the house on lockdown and the switches have been overridden. All the doors are locked. Alice takes a moment and heads towards the kitchen where we see mommy in the corner and this bitch straight up is out here looking like the ending of the Blair Witch Project, you know, like in the corner, like the whoop. And Alice is like, I see you. <laughs> and mommy is like, 
I see you too, dearie. And then she brandishes <laughs> this big ass chef's knife, butcher knife, whatever. It's big. And she just starts screaming and running after the girl. And then they go to the door and she stabs the door and she moves it and they take it to the stairs. And like, it's a fight for sure. But Alice is holding it down. She's fighting. Then, just as you think that mommy is going to give it to Alice, the people under the stairs bust through the planks on the stairs. They start coming at mommy from every angle. They're coming from the stairs. They're coming from the cupboards. They're coming from the vents. Here a ghoul, there a ghoul, everywhere a ghoul, ghoul. (laughs) And mommy gets chased around the main floor and back into the kitchen where she runs into the knife that who is holding Khadija? (laughs) Get it, girl. Alice even hit her with the, you're not my mother. Never were. <laughs> Ouch. Ooh. The best part is that mommy is so petty that she takes the knife out of her body and tries to stab Alice with it. But she doesn't get too close because all of Alice's 15 big brothers come and murk mommy. Big love. That's big love right there. <laughs> yeah, that's family. <laughs> Daddy hears mommy's cries and sees her dying body come falling down the stairs. He watches mommy take her final breath and he looks hella shook. He shooketh. The ghouls come down the stairs and stand over mommy's dead body. (laughs) They're looking at daddy like, we're squad up, dog. What's good? What's good? We run this basement now. Ghouls up, pervs down. Yo, so we cut to Fool and see that he's found a bunch of TNT. Don't know what he's going to do with it, but it's probably going to be good. Oh, and Daddy hears a noise coming from the vault and assumes it's Fool. The ghouls try to yell and warn Fool, but, like, remember, most of them are (laughs) malnourished, and a few are missing their tongues, you know? So their voices aren't really carrying that far. (sighs) Daddy makes his way to the vault where he hears coins dropping, thinking that Fool is out here just counting money. What a (laughs) dum-dum. Fool lets daddy run his mouth. Like, okay. I know what you're doing. You're counting that money. You're letting it roll through your fingers. I've done it myself a thousand times. And I'll do it again. But you won't. (laughs) That probably spiked super hard. But that's the feeling. Oh, what a perfect reenactment. Oh, God, it cracks me up every time. Oh, gosh. All right. The sound of that money falling, it's a setup, and it's a pretty good trick, too. Full wedged coins into lit candles so that when the candle melts, a coin or two will drop. This movie actually is the black home alone, like for real. Daddy realizes that he's been gupta. Fool sneaks up behind Daddy holding two wires that are attached to all the TNT in the house. And now it's time for a standoff. Fool tells Daddy to put his gun down, and Daddy isn't backing off, but neither is Fool. I'm tired of fucking around, so either you put the gun down now, or kiss your ass goodbye, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. 
So, Fool only has one choice. The wires connect and the whole house goes up. Daddy totally eats it and falls into the dead soup pit. Fool gets up and uh, just shakes it off. (laughs) Yeah. But the blast spews money from every open crevice of the house. And we cut to outside and money is just falling from the sky. It's like a dream I've always had. Like, it's fallen like motherfucking confetti. It's an awesome moment when we see all the people from the community who had shown up to support one another get to fill their pockets. People just picking up all this money that has been hoarded by these gentrifying trolls. Fives, tens, twenties, fifties, hundreds, just a sea of green for everybody. Feeling it. Alice goes into the house to find Fool. She goes down to the basement, and we find Fool sitting at the bottom of the stairs. And she asks if he's okay, and Fool just replies with, I feel like a million dollars. We cut to James Frank Ghoul looking at Fool with appreciation. Then he dips with the rest of the Ghoul crew, and everyone else is left partying with their new riches in the street. The end. We made it through another one. Oh, and another one. And another one. Another one. And another one. I well, love this one. This is so good. I'm so glad we finally got to do this one. I'm I'm glad I got to share this with you. I know you've always talked about this being one of your favorite films and I, I have vague memories of watching it as a child as is, I feel like that's my whole experience with horror films in general is like watching the ones that were, you know, popular in when we were growing up, um, like half watching them cause I was kind of scared <laughs> and then not really retaining them cause I wanted to repress the <laughs> things that scared me. The crazy shit. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, well, this is the segment where we talk about our favorite details, moments, or interesting facts from the film. Yeah. Do you want to go first? Oh, yeah. No, totally. Uh, the thing the thing about this movie that I thought was super sick is that every time we were watching it, I found something new. And then even looking at more things about it, I just like it kept... I was like, oh, this movie just gets sicker and sicker and sicker and sicker. <laughs> um, so like this one thing I found out is that technically Roach was an open casting call for like... It, like Roach was either going to be played by a man or a woman. Well, I guess like girl or boy because Roach is supposed to be like a, a teenager at some point. Mm. And Hilary Swank was uh, cool. uh, an, an auditioner. She was she was a uh, an option to have an audition to play Roach. And I just think that would be, it would be a whole different thing. Because, like, what happens if there wow. was a girl child that didn't make it? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's, that's mm-hmm. kind of crazy for me. Um, I think another thing that I really loved is that, um, what's Fool's sister again? Ruby? What's her name again? Yeah. Kelly Jo Minter. Kelly Jo Minter. That's the other thing, because like one of my uh, one of my other all time favorite movies is a uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Five, the the reborn or like the child reborn. It's it's a, something about like like 
the next child or like the rebirth of the child. And the thing mm-hmm. is, is that's another Wes Craven film too. So like he already knew he was like, cool. I have you here and I've seen you act. So like, I'm just going to also put you in another movie that I, that I am doing. Um, mm-hmm. So I thought that was pretty sickening. And then I will say that it always gets me. And this is just something about like, racism as a as a whole that always gets me is when people talk about like the the word boy and how it is used oh and i again a white man made this movie and he put it in two different types of ways that a old very different perspectives right old white man going to kill this young black child and he's like kiss your ass goodbye boy and then like then it gets flipped on him and it's like and then this little boy's like no you kiss your ass goodbye boy i'm gonna blow this sucker up right (laughs) and like it always just uh again how this was made in 1991 it's just like yeah Mm -hmm. no that wasn't too long ago right so like people keep trying to like hide that the thought of like boy and like this type of word isn't really used in the way it's used. I'm like, no, it is. It is. It's absolutely used in a diminutive way. It's like, you know, it's meant to like cut you down. It's meant to infantilize you. It's meant to, uh, you know, make you feel small. Right. It's <laughs> like Matilda. Yeah. I'm big, you're little, I'm right, you're wrong, like that type of yeah. thing. And I'm like, no, like Exactly. I love how that type of thing gets played with. Personally, I just love how like what's craven just to, like did everything in racism and social class hierarchy and this whole thing. And that's why this is my one of my favorite movies. And that's why I love this movie. And those things that I love, because I love this film. What do you Yay. what did you what did you get? Give me some give me some factuals. Okay, so my uh my, I think my favorite thing about this film, or one of my favorite things about this film, um, are the character names. This yeah. movie gets mad points in my book for creativity and naming characters. Um, as ah. a writer, I find that like I take so much time <laughs> trying to decide what to name my characters, and there, I put so much like brain space into um into trying to decide what a character will be named and it feels like such an insignificant part of um of what of of a film but no it's important such such important yeah and i think like uh, placed next to one another the character names in this film just paint such a colorful picture like if you were just to look at the character list and 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 see Ruby, Fool, Roach, Mommy, Daddy, Alice, Prince, Spencer, Leroy. Like, those are all... Grandfather I, I, Booker. I, grand, granddad Booker, yeah. You know I hear I mean? those names and I'm like, uh, I, there's, there's got to be a good story here. Oh, Washington? Um, yes, Washington's exactly. brother? Yeah. 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 Uh, my second favorite thing is the fact that this is based off of an news story about a pair of robbers that broke into someone's house and ended up finding actual kidnapped children within the house um i feel like that's unfortunately something that happens a bit more commonly than we would like to believe yeah um but yeah wes craven read about this actually uh an incident like that actually taking place and uh wrote the screenplay for this film um 
with the inspiration from that news article. Oh, yeah, just like uh, Candyman, right? Like, yeah, exactly. True stories. Exactly. True Hollywood stories. Uh, and then my third favorite thing about this movie is the fact that Brandon Adams was such a solid lead as a yeah. child actor. Yes. Like, yes. This kid crushed it. Yes. And gave such a solid performance through and through. And, you know, not just in this movie, but also in, like, The Sandlot and The Mighty Ducks, too. Yeah, throw it up, throw it up. He was... Yeah, he was also out there on the scene when we were when we were kids. And, you know, watching this movie again just gives me all those good feelings um, from being young and seeing a little black boy carry this film on his back Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) as the lead just is so inspiring in so many ways. And it just does so much for like warming the little spot in my heart that gets activated. Um, when I just see visibility in all of the ways that we, we need. Yeah. And, like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like I would totally go on that because like for me, I like watching this movie, why it's one of my favorite movies. I was like, I am fool. I yes. am cool. I was like, I relate. Yes. I feel this. Like, this is me. Let's do it. Again, we just said, like, Black Home Alone. It's like, yes. Yes. It's funny yeah. that it has to be this totally. intense. <laughs> but there's totally still robbers. Relatable. There is still robbers. Think about that. Yeah, exactly. Hey. And like and, and yeah, I related to I related to the character a lot when I was younger and even now. I mean, I didn't grow up in the, the type of poverty that fools care that fool exists in. Um, but we were still like like we were poor, but we weren't like fool poor. We weren't like Skid Row poor jungle poor. <laughs> yeah. You know, welcome to the jungle, man. Welcome to the jungle. But yeah, but it was great to get to watch this little boy, this little black boy, kick ass, be the hero in such a gratifying story. Right? Yeah. I feel like a million dollars. He literally Robin Hood for the hood. Oh you know gosh. I mean? Oh, little Robin Hood. Yeah. All right. Well then. Thank you, everyone, so much for joining us for another episode of the Ghouls and Galdem podcast. Please make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Ghouls and Galdem. That's G-H-O-U-L-Z-N-G-Y-A-L-D-E-M, baby. (laughs) Let us know what black horror film you'd like us to review next. Yes, please. Slide in those DMs. Send us your recommendations. Show us some love and make sure you tell all your friends about us ghouls and geldum is a bone lace production in association with two skins entertainment editing for this episode is done by the lovely andy dolgan and our theme song was recorded by trombotai hit it <laughs>